producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. All right. Welcome into the Score North Taxi Squad, everybody. Jason Stormer here along with AJ Fredrickson and Artis Woods. We are back after a couple weeks off. Got to be honest with you guys. We probably could have recorded last week. Um, we kind of got a little bit of afraid of that gigantic snowstorm that was in the forecast, but I don't know about y'all. That wasn't as a, that wasn't as big of a snowstorm as I, I think was promised. I, okay. It was like 14 to 18 inches. Sure. But it was just like, ah, come on. Like a lot of these forecasts were calling for some, you know, stuff that was coming out of like Buffalo, New York. I remember the video of like, the Buffalo Bills players driving their cars and there's like three foot of snow on top of them and stuff like that. But either way, we are back now. How are you guys feeling after a couple of weeks off? I hope you were able to shovel out your cars just fine. Man, yeah, man. I was, I was, <laughs> I was somebody talk, down. please. Yeah. I, I was let down, man. I was hoping to get a couple more days off work. I did still end up <laughs> taking a day off, not from this job, but from my other job, um, my other job full-time job but um yeah i was let down man i was hoping for a little bit more snow you know i'm, oh. I'm at the point i'm in an apartment so i don't have to shovel which is nice um so i was hoping for just a huge storm just say hey, just mm-hmm. pack me in for a couple of days i needed i needed some time to myself i didn't get as much time as i needed but nah, i wasn't too mad about it i guess just a little disappointed mm-hmm. it was less than what i anticipated but it was one of those also where you know it was still a hassle it was still a pain in the butt <laughs> I mean, if they would have undersold it, I think that's the big thing is that they oversold and act like snow, snow again, 2023. No, I mean, it was, it was a big storm. I wouldn't say it was, you know, I, I didn't see a million cars in the ditch though. Um, (laughs) any, any other week, it's a normal thing, but I had the privilege of filling in for the amazing, talented, wonderful, Mr. Declan Goff, uh, executive producer (laughs) of score North. And he was out of town. He was in North Carolina. He was able to get his flight out, but he has the perfect timing. It seems like whenever I seem to like, whenever he seems to be going out of town and ask me, Hey, can you fill in a day or two or whatever? There's always something going on. The last time it was a, it was NFL free agency week. Like it was the day where everybody <laughs> start and it's the, <laughs> Mackie and Judge is like, what is going on? And then this time around, you know, it's a, it's a, we're going to get a snowstorm. You're going to be up to your knees in, in snow, blah, blah, blah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Declan. Great time. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, mean, I, I was able to get in. It wasn't that, it wasn't as bad. Um, and it was nice too. Cause like schools were canceled and I think a lot of work, kind of we're going to shut down the offices today so the roads weren't as busy especially i think Mm -hmm. the main the main day was thursday thursday was like a really bad day and that one was not terrible driving in it was an ideal but you know just gotta you know take take your time be cautious Mm -hmm. the only time it was really really bad actually because i work overnights and i stayed a little bit later than my normal shift because i was the emergency backup plan in case any of the my talk producers couldn't get in so i was going to start the shows for them when they started at 6 a.m and from about 5 a.m to 7 a.m because i had a hard time finding a place to park that Mm -hmm. was as blizzard condition driving as i've as I've ever been biggest flakes and chunks of snow I've ever seen to the roads were just an absolute mess. And I'm driving 2017 Toyota Yaris IA. So uh, that thing don't have four wheel drive. I can tell you that much. So uh, it I, wasn't. Uh, yeah. 
and I know we had some time off too, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like I wasn't thinking about you guys because I I want to say the last show we did was before the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. This is true. And I know, and I know. Leading up to that, we kind of set our predictions for the show in artists. I think months back now, maybe at beginning of the playoffs, even um, there was an instance where you were like, oh, so this, this happened in the Eagles game and blah, blah, blah. And for, so I don't know what I said, but you said, I called it like to a T and you're like, as soon as this game happened, I was, I think it was the Washington game where it wrapped up and you were just like, you called it, you call it. Yeah. Cause that's the game they're going to drop. But I was like, you know, you, you were like, I thought of you immediately. You were the first person. Yeah. I remember saying, saying on the show right before the Super Bowl, I was like, Eagles are going to look great. Jalen Hurts is going to look great. Um, but said fourth quarter, they're going to be winning, but then it's going to come down to like a last second, something by the, by Kansas city. And they're going to pull it off. And it's it, the, 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 the timer changed over from the third to the fourth. And I was like, Oh my God, this I, is, <laughs> this is, this is going because they're winning, but Kansas city has the ball and they're kind of driving. So that changed almost immediately, but it was just the, this is set up so perfectly and I feel terrible because like I was, I was happy because it was a good game, but yes. um, it, it, you know, for 99% of it that you could say that the officials maybe influenced Oof. it poorly for about 1%. But um, no, I mean like it, it was a God. I was artists. Yeah. I told you, I told you. But at the same time, <laughs> Dude, like, oh, God. Honestly, you and Jason called it pretty accurately. And I was just stunned all the way through. Oh my gosh. I have, I played sports and I've had some really <laughs> tough, uh, <laughs> I've had some really tough, like I call them sports elves, just heartbreak mm-hmm. elves. Um, I remember just playing AAU basketball and you and losing to a game winner in like seventh grade. That really hurt. <laughs> Lost some really tight flag football games at the last second, game winning touchdowns. That really hurt. <laughs> 2008, when the Lakers blew that like 24 point lead, I think it was Game Four, Game Five of the of the of that series against Boston, um, and lost the finals. I that hurts, but this one, oh my gosh, mm. this one, yeah, this Super Bowl loss stung on another level for me because it, it kind of went according to how I thought too. I just thought it would be a different mm. ending, but at the end of the day, man, shout out to the Chiefs, man. We were we were outclassed. I thought our defense was going to be much better than what it was, especially in that second half, but. If you can't get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and I don't want to hear any excuses about the field and everything else, if you can't get any pressure on Patrick Mahomes, you are going to lose. Mm-hmm. It is it's really that simple. And for a team that had 70-some-odd sacks to not get one, you're going to lose that football game. So I'm happy for Jalen, though. He had a monster game, mm-hmm. as you two predicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we, actually, we all predicted that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm happy he had a monster game. He's going to get paid. Um, but, yeah, that was – man, that was – Oh my god! If, if there's any <laughs> recollection of like any spin zone to that whatsoever, I know probably for like immediately and hours, days after what you know that that loss stings. Yeah, but at least you were able to feel that emotion, whereas Jason and I haven't even gotten close to that. Exactly. With the Vikings, see, Not you even know close. that to see that brings, you know that brings up another debate. Everybody always says I'd rather lose in the Super Bowl than lose early in the playoffs. 
But I'm telling y'all, man, no, that, that no. bro, that don't say something you're about I, to regret. I, I think I'm it just, depends I'm, on the team. It depends I'm, on the team, right? I'm and just your saying, team has won a Super Bowl before. Th- this uh, is, in our this case, we haven't been to one. And I, in my case, I would just take going there. And even if I lose by uh, like three points or thirty points, I don't care. I just want to be there, man. I, I get. I want like the. I, said, I just I want just, the experience. I get that, but it's I like know. once you're there. It's so much pressure on winning the game. You gotta win because you Great. you know the statistics behind trying to get back to that to the dance. You know it's really hard for the losing team to get back, and that's what makes it tough. You know, so it's just, man. I I'm still apologizing to people for there's people <laughs> that text me directly after, and I just went in on everybody. Went in on on my co-host here, Jason. Hey, my hey. apologies We're again, cool. but We're cool, bro. just went in on everybody, man. Just just heart, just heart breaking oh my gosh and 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 i just i do want to say this before we quickly move on we did not lose the game because of that holding call that was called on james bradbury but i will say this i will say this really quickly okay (laughs) if you're going to call that type of call make that type of call all game that is my only request was it a holding yes did he hold juju smith schuster yes Mm -hmm. yes but it is known amongst the league, amongst all sports, that players kind of test things out early in the game to see how the game is going to be officiated. And if they see it's going to be officiated tight, they adjust their game. If they see it's going to be officiated kind of loose, they adjust their game. If it's officiated loose, and then at the very end with everything on the line, it's all of a sudden officiated tight, that is beyond frustrating. Right. But we Go may have TikTok, lost that game yeah. even if we got the ball back just yeah, shout out to TikTok boy. <laughs> but <laughs> other than ever, that, great yeah. game. Did great they ever game. clarify which hold it was too? Because there, there was the main angle that we saw on TV, but then there was, did you guys see the NFL films angle that was uh, behind the end zone where he like grabbed full jersey and was tugging on it? Did they ever clarify which one it was? I don't now, think, I don't now, think so. Here's the thing. Yeah. From that NFL films angle, you also see a Kansas City chief doing an illegal hand to, to the, the face. face. Yes. Yes. It's the classic in the same cliche. angle yeah. the, in the same in the same area. You know, there right. is a penalty that could be called on every single NFL play. And look, even for the casual observer, it was a great Super Bowl. It was fantastic for somebody that like didn't have any stake in the game. Really, it was awesome. But still, it's just really kind of sad that the taste that's left in our mouth after this is what's been the entire season. And we've touched on this a ton, even on our podcast, because it greatly affected the Vikings in one particular game. Now, granted, they were able to come back and win that game. We're talking about the Colts. The officiating is probably the biggest storyline of this Super Bowl. And it's just, it takes away from the winner. And it it, it also takes away from the loser too. Because again, we we all call that Jalen Hurts had an amazing game. It was fantastic. And the Eagles, they they left everything out on the field. Now, like you said, Artis, like, I don't know where some of that defense was that was there all season long. But you know what? Overall, I know. Overall defense number one against the Pats. You know what? Oh my gosh! But oh my god! Mahomes gosh. is HOF, man. Mahomes <laughs> is HOF. And Frankly, Andy Reid, Andy Reid, HOF too. I mean, honestly, guy, if Patrick Mahomes retired right now, he might be a Hall of Fame quarterback. He, he really he may be a Hall be. of Fame quarterback. So it was, st- it was still a great game. But I understand the devastation. Um, do you remember when you guys lost to the Patriots in 05 Much? Or were you much of an Eagles fan back I then? I was. I actually started being an Eagles fan like. That year, the year we got to is when I jumped on board. I was okay. like ten years old. God, him, 
him with that. What was it? A broken leg in yeah. that Super Bowl too? Yeah. My goodness. Yep. That was, that was a great Super Bowl, too. But that mm-hmm. didn't hurt as much because I was really no. young. And I think I just went and played with my friends halfway yeah. through the game anyway. So Yeah. And I, I think, AJ, I'll speak on behalf of both of us. I think the only thing that we have even close to even what artists could even experience was the 2009 NFC Championship game, right? I mean, I was hurt off that, too, man, because I was really pu- pulling for Brett. I really like Brett yeah. Favre. So I was pulling for him like crazy that yeah. year. And I, I'm still I, I can't stand the Saints to this day because of that. <laughs> Like no. legit, I, I that's that yeah. was that was crazy. Thankfully, we've had we've actually had a few reckonings with the Saints ever since. We beat them in the playoffs, uh, Kirk's only playoff win. We obviously had the Minneapolis miracle. We beat them in the regular season a few times too. So I, honestly, like I, I feel pretty even with the Saints, but still in terms of like teams outside of like the NFC North, that is a team just I'll, I'll never root for him. I'll never root for him. And you know what? When they came on the scene after Katrina in 2006, I was a huge Saints fan because I was rooting for that city's comeback, and that team was really good. That's when Drew Brees really came on there. And uh, but then you know what? They 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 played against my team in the playoffs and maybe we're handing out some uh some cash in the locker room afterwards for uh, yeah. for a couple of hits. So whatever. Good luck to you, New Orleans. But uh but not really. But not <laughs> really, but not really. So hey, you you mentioned Kirk Cousins. I don't know if you guys oh. want to dig into it, but I know there were some comments thrown out by the Vikings GM, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, that uh there's a little dialogue swirling, if I want to say that, say that way, about possibly an extension for Mr. Kirk Cousins. What do you guys think about that? Fire away, fire away, Jason. Fire <laughs> okay. away. Don't piss right. to you. Because I, like, I, I feel like I've, I've made my thoughts yeah. pretty public I, I, about we Kirk, all you know. Yeah. We, we all have. And, and even though we love... Well, maybe love's a strong word. We really liked what we saw out of Kirk this season. We liked the leadership intangibles that he showed. We love that he threw on those chains on the plane, on the ride home and stuff like that. But we we said it right after the playoffs. The result was kind of the same, right? Yeah. Pretty decent regular season team. Maybe one of the best regular season teams Kirk Cousins has ever had. But then we get to the playoffs and... You know, even though he, you know what, sure, statistically, he had a good playoff game against the Giants. Um, you know what, I, I, I still, from that game, I remember the fourth and eight play. Yeah. To this day, I still, I still take back to that. And sure, we can debate how much of that actually is on Kirk. How much of that is play calling? Because why are we even drawing up a play that puts TJ Hawkinson in that position where he's short of the sticks, right? Um Obviously, you, you need to have a plan if you are moving on from Kirk. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If, if Kirk is still dead set on doing these short-term extensions, trying to make as much money as possible, well, that's fine and dandy. And you know what? We want the we NFL players definitely want more leverage when it comes to earning power. But you know what? The expectations of this Minnesota Vikings team is to ultimately get to a Super Bowl. And Kirk Cousins was brought here to get us there. And he hasn't even gotten us to an NFC championship game. Um, now, again, you need to make sure you know who the next guy is going to be, whether that is somebody you bring in that's currently in the league or somebody that you're going to bring into the draft. In my opinion, I think this is the smart move by the Vikings because you have to look at these five years with Kirk and you have to realize, okay, we haven't gotten where we want to. And we have to realize that maybe his cap hit is effective his cap hit is affecting the team negatively in terms of building it in other places. So I think, I, I think this is smart because I, I just don't think it is smart to invest long-term into Kirk. He's 35 years old. We know what he is. And 
even though, yeah, he, he put up one of the best, um, actually maybe not the best statistic numbers that he's put up in a season, but in terms of intangibles we like, but it's just, yeah, I, just, I think this is a smart move to just, let's just play this out for now without adding any dollar signs or signing any checks or paperwork. So what do you yeah, guys think? I, I, I a thousand percent agree. And I've been saying, and I, I was caught. Well, I wasn't literally called crazy, but I feel like people looked at me crazy when I said, "Hey, the Vikings should probably draft a quarterback this year at some point in the draft." You know, <laughs> Jason looking, looking at me crazy, crazy. Okay, right? Crazy. Looking at me crazy now, but um, I just think that again, you you know, you're ceiling with Kirk Cousins, you know. And as much as I want to blame, as much as I want to blame this last playoff loss on the defense, because it was in large part because that defense was just bad all year. Kirk has played with better defenses as well and really not had any real playoff success besides that one playoff win against the Saints. And so you see the direction that the NFL is moving in. They're the 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 younger quarterbacks, the mobile quarterbacks that could kind of do it all, the guys that can overcome just about everything. I mean, just Patrick Mahomes just won a Super Bowl with basically rookies in his secondary on defense. Travis Kelsey and a couple of guys on the outside that are – just not that great. Not to throw shade their way, but they're none of those guys are number one receivers at this point. But he just won a Super Bowl with those guys, you know. Um, Joe Burrow is a guy who's had offensive line issues for since he's been in the league. He's been to an AFC Championship game. He's been to a Super Bowl, and so you you look at the direction the league is going in. It's just it's his time is coming to an end, and like you said, he's getting older. It is time to move on, especially if he's not trying to sign like team-friendly contracts and things of that nature. And I like the way the Minnesota Vikings have gone about business the last couple of years. You bring in um, Kwesi. You bring in Kevin O'Connell. You make the TJ Hawkinson trade. You bring in Brian Flores. Like They are slowly but surely addressing every issue that they have. And one of those issues is the quarterback position. And I love the fact that they are pretty much boldly just being like, look, we are not afraid to move on. We are not afraid to take those next steps because we understand that we have a team that can compete, but in order to truly do that, we're going to have to reevaluate the most important position in football, and that's the quarterback position. So I, I think we all know what the ceiling is. I think, honestly, we have probably seen the ceiling with Kirk Cousins. And, yeah, I think they are making the right decision, and they're heading in the right direction. That doesn't mean if they go draft another quarterback or get another veteran quarterback, they might not take a step back. But it'll be to take one step back to take three steps forward in the future. Yeah. I'd rather do that than to just stick with Kirk Cousins just for the sake of he's going to put up numbers, he's going to sell tickets, we're going to win some games, but we're going to lose in the first or second round of the playoffs every year. That, at this point, with new ownership and the pieces that is there – I don't think that that should be acceptable for for Vikings fans, especially these next couple of seasons. The NFC is still wide open, especially now that Philadelphia just went to the Super Bowl. I'm hoping they don't have a Super Bowl hangover, but they might because, again, we notice the, ticks, the, the stats behind teams that go to the Super Bowl, how they perform the next year and the years after that. It's there for the Vikings, mm-hmm. but they got to they gotta jump through that, that, you know, through that hole and take the bull by the horns and make something happen. And I remember even Quasi last year even saying, like, I don't remember the exact quote, but I, I remember it stirred a few people up saying, like, you know, it's not like we've got Patrick Mahomes here in Minnesota. And this was like just a month after he got hired by as the GM. And I think somebody got in here is like, uh, oh, you, you might want to like tone back on maybe the comparison of what your current quarterback is to other quarterbacks. But um, I mean, this is just a fundamental philosophy. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of GMs 
you know, switch quarterbacks when they come into a new organization because that quarterback's not their guy. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Quasi is is willing and has been able to be adaptable with Kirk, but I mean, we don't really know truly, truly inside Quasi's head. Like, all right, when I look at Kirk Cousins, is he everything that I want in a quarterback? Um, I mean, we don't even know that's the case with Kevin O'Connell. We don't know who, who uh, Kevin O'Connell's perfect quarterback is either. Um, and so this might be this might also be a sign of that. This might just be a sign that this new organization, newish organization, they're a year in now, so they got a little bit of experience. They just might realize, okay, you know what? We look at the track record with this guy, and you know what? We might want something a little bit different. And who, who could blame them? Who could yeah. blame them? And you know what? We are all very, very intrigued because it seemed like we had just a drought of it for so long. Um at least kind of under Rick Spielman, besides Christian Ponder, we are all very intrigued to see um, Quazy draft a quarterback. Um, I want to see it probably sooner rather than later. And you know what? I mean, this this draft class has been hyped up a, a ton too. It, it's very deep. And I've even seen like a few uh, mock drafts where the Vikings have made trades to move up to even take quarterbacks and stuff like that. And so um, now I, I still think Kirk is going to be the guy next year. Mm-hmm. Um and you know what? I think enough equity was built up last season where I think Kirk even deserves to be the Vikings quarterback next year. I, I'm I'm fairly intrigued to see what year two with him and KOC is like. I, it was pretty dang good last season. I want to see, even though we talked about this going to last season, we want to see another level to Kirk. Well, now I want to see another level on top of that level. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, th- this is all very interesting conversation, but I think more so than ever this is this is this feels like this could really be the last season for kirk um because it's always felt like these extensions have always gotten finalized and stuff and you know what maybe it will maybe it will maybe maybe the vikings don't think any of these guys are their guys maybe they actually look at these quarterbacks and be like yeah you know what maybe it's a little bit too much hype we don't know um time will tell but you know what i mean (laughs) Kirk is always going to dominate the conversation with this kind of thing, especially when there's a lot of fixes that need to be done with the Vikings. And we're talking about cap space and everything like that. So, you know he's, what? It's he, he's yeah. in that, he's in that Dak Prescott class, man. In my yeah. opinion. And that's again, that's no shake because I talk my stuff about Dak, but there are two really good quarterbacks, but like come playoff time, like, are you really counting on him to get it done and push you over the top? When you think about again, Burrow, Mahomes, um, Josh Allen, um, Jalen Hurts now, Trevor Lawrence. These guys all have just as many, if not more, playoff wins than Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins has been in the league much longer. Mm-hmm. Like you really gotta, you really gotta put things in this context and think about it like that. Like it's time. It's just time. It, it's time. Yeah, it's t- yeah. It it might be time to focus on the legacy, perhaps. And but at but at the same time. I always support people going out there and making their money. You know what I mean? Yeah, At the course. same time, it, it just happens to be my favorite football team. And obviously, you know, when we talk football and stuff like that, the, the money and the contracts is a big part of the conversations and how we build these football teams. The combine is this week too. Um, bunch of people's names that I don't know and stuff like that. <laughs> they're they're going to do their push-ups and they're going to do their bench presses. They're going to be poked and prodded, all that stuff. Um, I don't have a, a ton to say about the combine or anything like that. Just let's hope that the Vikings are doing some good evaluations and stuff like that. Um, do you guys want to actually move on to some Timberwolves conversation? We could. Um, uh, before, AJ, oh, yeah. did you have any thoughts on Kirk? You didn't, you didn't get anything off in that 
No, you guys, got, you guys kind of covered it the most. Um, I, you guys got to see it out. I don't think if you're going to extend him, you're going to do it this year. I think you're going to want to see the, the like the playing field and let that that picture paint itself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Wilfs have established that they're not a they're not a uh, ownership that wants their team to ever be bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. They're competing all the time. So it's really hard to get that high draft pick to get that like top tier prospect quarterback. Um, so you're going to have to either get lucky and have somebody fall. or You're going to have to trade. Or you're going to have to attract in free agency. And how many times is the guy on the market? Not often, not often. I think we're going to see that maybe in this off season, but it's hard to say that because the guy that I'm t- referencing is Derek Carr and he's not really the guy for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, Kirk is great in in the situation he's in, um, and we've seen that elevation, but at the same time, like, y- you can't expect him to keep that up longer, especially when you're going to have, to, you know, you have to re-sign Justin Jefferson, and they've kind of stated they mm. want to do that sooner than later because, I mean, if they wait and he has another similar season, I mean, the, the price increases, especially as, like, the years go by and everything adjusts with, with – uh, like player inflation and how the payments go. So um, you got to get that done sooner than later because you know how good he is. That's not going to change. It's a matter of getting him locked in so then you can set up your future by finding that next quarterback who's going to be able to take them to the promised land, probably while on their rookie deal. But uh, but yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Well, mm-hmm. Makes sense. And I, I think uh, Kwesi did say in a press conference at the Combine saying, I don't even want to be the Vikings GM if Justin Jefferson isn't here. You know what I mean? Makes so sense. it's just like, I, that deal will get done. He will be the highest paid receiver in all of football. He absolutely deserves it. And it would just be, it would be a train wreck if that weren't to come to fruition. And you know what? From everything that he said too, he he honestly sounds like a really good dude and stuff like that. And I think he actually does like, you know, he, he obviously cares about getting that payday, but he also cares about putting the team in a good position too. And I don't think, you know, I don't think he likes likes causing any drama or anything like that. He'll he'll, he'll get his, and um, the Vikings will be a much better team for it. Um, on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's been a couple weeks um, for this squad, and some uh, really fun things transpired. Seeing Anthony Edwards in the All Star game was super duper cool. One, just because it, it's it's so validating that it's like yes. We made the right pick. You know, there was so much conversation about, oh, maybe LaMelo Ball, even James Wiseman. And it's just so refreshing to know that we took the right guy, especially, unfortunately, what's transpired with those guys. LaMelo just broke his leg, I think, and now he's going to be out for the season. That's absolutely terrible. James Wiseman, he's playing for Detroit now. Golden State already moved on from him. I think he's actually playing. He's been dealing with some injury issues, so I hope. He's doing good too, but still, it's just, it's so cool to just like, oh, yes, like he's panning out. This is great. We, cause like we always thought like maybe after his rookie season, oh yeah, maybe he's just a volume shooter. Like what about the efficiency? And that's translated so well. And it's just, it's so cool to see guys just that we have kind of in the same breath, like with the wild, with Kirill Kaprizov, like, yes, we have that established now superstar um, for the Timberwolves, and I think it was mostly validated too. LeBron picking him with that uh, that first pick that was for nice. his team. That was cool. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a pleasure seeing him. And first off, he should have been an All Star to begin with. Yes, he should have been an All Star to begin with. No shade towards Paul George, but I do think he deserved a nod over Paul George. Paul George was dealing with injuries for the I won't say for the most part, but a large part of the year. 
Anthony Edwards has just had a better overall year, in my opinion, than him. I don't want to pinpoint one person, but when I saw the list of players, it's like, how did he make it? How did he not make it And Paul George did? That doesn't make much sense to me. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. He should have been voted an all-star no matter what. It sucks that he had to get in via injury, but it, it was nice to see him there, and it was nice to see the the respect amongst the players, the respect amongst the players, especially a guy in LeBron who a lot of people view as the GOAT. Um, it's, like, it's nice to get that respect. Um, but these guys, as far as the actual team is concerned... I wanted to stay positive at the beginning, but yeah, we can. Uh, uh, they beat the Lakers or the Clippers last night. They beat the Clippers. But, They're probably gonna beat the Lakers too at this point. But if I you mean, can't yeah. beat the Hornets at home, uh, I, I, it's the uh, same narrative all season long, guys. They they play down to their opponents. I the, think the Hornets point, are a bottom five team, and they just they didn't show up. Well. Mm. There are some things. There's some things to like. I do for the most part. For the most part, like the defense. For the most part, these last like Jane McDaniel's has been. He's awesome. been he's been balling. Anthony Edwards has been pretty mm-hmm. solid on defense as well. Mike Conley isn't a defender that he once was. That is for sure. He's like 35 yeah. now, so he's not. But he's still a serviceable defender, and he's not a guy who's gonna come out and take a bunch of shots and take away from other players on the team that are more offensively productive at this point. So they are like two and four since this trade went down, which does not sound good. But I always went into that trade with the mindset that this is more so of a trade that is going to benefit them when Carl Anthony Towns gets back. Because, Mm -hmm. again, it's nice to have D'Lo without Carl Anthony Towns there because D'Lo is a guy that could put points on the board. Like, he, you need that offensive punching power. But when Carl Anthony Towns gets back... I prefer a guy who's going to play defense, who's going to facilitate, who's not going to mind, you know, sitting on the bench for a while and allowing other guys to get shine um, and, and just being just being a floor general and a guy mm-hmm. that's not taking a ton of shots and being inefficient on the basketball floor. That's what I prefer. Give the ball to your best players and allow them to go to work. And I did like what I saw in the game against the Clippers last night. Yeah. I did like that. The Clippers are kind of an up and down team. I was just talking about Paul George, but I did like the fact that it seems like First off, it's going to take a little bit to gain that chemistry with Mike Conley. But at the same time, you get the ball to Anthony Edwards down a stretch of these basketball games. He's doing a great job of finding ways to get buckets. And it may not even be him. It's mm-hmm. him creating for others as well that I really like. And I don't think you see that as much with D'Lo because D'Lo is on the ball a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And when he's giving the ball to Anthony Edwards, it's the score. It's not giving the ball to Anthony Edwards to say, okay, let's clear this out and Anthony Edwards you know, you go make a play. It's no, we give the ball to Anthony Edwards to score. And I like the version of Anthony Edwards who's developing as a player who is not only scoring, but taking what the defense is giving them. Because they throwing double teams and they throwing um, mm-hmm. Kawhi at him and they throwing PG at him. And those are great perimeter defenders. You know, Terrence Mann, another great perimeter. Even Russ is a solid perimeter defender, but he's getting other guys involved in the game and getting a lot of those hockey assists, maybe not, you know, regular assists, but getting mm-hmm. a lot of those hockey assists, and it really helped them close that game out. So I do like where the team is headed, but, yeah, it's, it's going to look ugly right now without another scorer on the team like Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, you put up 108 one night, 104 another night, 106 one night. Like, you're just not scoring as many points because you don't have the offensive firepower without D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. So it just still bothers me, though, 
that there's just some games that have been played though that based off your opponents at this point in the season with like less than 20 games left you have to take care of this business and sure we were even saying this probably 20 games ago even when they were losing to low level opponents we're like yeah we're halfway point of the season we got to take care of this business and it just I, I can't explain it. I know that a lot of people have been giving Chris Finch kind of a hard time recently. I know, I don't know why I didn't call a timeout at the end of that Warriors game. I, he had one left. He struggles I, with timeouts. He for does, whatever, man. Like, for whatever reason, man. And you know what? I, you know, I watch a lot of his press conferences too. And like, we've always made the joke here at Score North. He's kind of like just a disheveled dad. And he's just like, oh my God, these kids of mine, they're just like, they're just such a hassle and whatever. And it just is like, all right, man, that's kind of been the the shtick now for a couple of years. It's just like, I don't know. And like, there's been times where he's been like, he's shown fire and he's gotten like ejected from games and everything like that. But I'm just, I'm just wondering why at this point, um, and, and I understand like cat being out and everything. And it doesn't help that go bear still misses games every now and then that was, that was the true Brack backbreaker against the Warriors because we talked about the double teams on Anthony Edwards that was super apparent against the Warriors and he didn't have a good shooting night and mm -hmm. as a result and, and the Wolves were actually in control for a lot of that game and you know Golden State's very experienced even though a lot of their players are out so um I this this will I think obviously be one of the biggest tests for Chris Finch as a head coach these last next few games because I mean I really wonder if this team has a run in them I hope they're capable of it. What I'm concerned, though, with is that there will be a pretty, even though he's a really good player, there will still be a decent adjustment period with Carl Anthony Towns coming back into this lineup. And by the way, we're still we're still not sure when he's coming back. We've heard now that like he's gearing up to play and stuff like that. And like he should be really close. But in terms of like we, we still don't have an exact timetable of that, but uh, hopefully it's in the next week or two, I hope. I just really hope because, I mean, it seemed like there were a lot of like growing pains when him and Gobert were on the floor when he was healthy. I hope that doesn't carry over. And I hope also like we, the team recognizes that Ant has kind of taken things over that since Carl has been out. And so even Carl has to recognize that this offense runs through Ant now. And sure, you're a great player, but you're coming back from energy. Uh, an injury and we need to nurse you back from that still like go as all out Carl Anthony Towns as you possibly can but like at least for the rest of this season him and hopefully Chris Finch and the rest of the coaching staff have to understand like that particular dynamic you bring in a guy like Mike Conley to mm -hmm. enforce that type of stuff that's sure, why I like right. the Mike Conley pickup yes he's older he's a veteran no that's not a guy that you're going to have on your team for the next five years mm -hmm. but he's a guy who's not going to take shots away from um, Ant, and he's going to give the ball to Ant where he wants it on the floor and allow space the floor because he can hit shots from the outside, Mike Conley, that is, and allow Ant to make plays whether mm -hmm. he gets the bucket or whether he makes it for others. That's Again, that's why I saw some of the comments, people commenting, like, how could you like the trade? It's a terrible trade. It's 35 and he can't play. It was, like, listen, it's not all about his scoring ability or his age. It's really about just having that veteran that could just get everybody in their, in their spots, calm the game. Now, how many times have we seen the Wolves lose games where D'Lo isn't even playable when these teams are coming back from 25-point deficits? Mm -hmm. You need a guy that can slow the game down, get everybody on the, at their spots on the floor, not take silly shots, mm -hmm. not take inefficient shots, get the ball to your best player, and you – you live or die by your best player turning the ball over, making a shot, making a play for others or whatever. You, I can live with that.
Yeah. I can't live with a bad shot by the guy who's supposed to be the tone setter for the basketball game. I cannot do that. There's so. nothing worse than seeing a point guard take a stupid shot. Unless he's because, the best, unless he's the star, right? Unless they're wide open because the whole point of a point guard is to facilitate an offense. Exactly. So if you're taking a stupid shot as a point guard, then frankly, you're not doing your job pretty much. And so, yeah. Um, and, uh, D'Lo, how long is he going to be out now? I and, mean, that, oh, and that's another thing. He sprained his ankle. Yeah. It's, it's the Lakers curse, man. Everybody, Dude, I, that, I'm, oh my I'm sorry, because now LeBron's going to be out several weeks. I don't know what your chance. I mean, way off topic. I'll make it two <laughs> seconds. Trade Anthony Davis. Trade, and this is going to sound crazy. Trade LeBron James. If you if you well, could if yeah. you could package them, package yeah. them and send them away. I think LeBron James is the goat. I think Anthony Davis. He's obviously a top seventy five player, one of the best power forwards to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Anthony Davis, I think, is in his late twenties, entering his thirties pretty soon. The injuries are not going to get better; they're going to get worse as he ages. LeBron is thirty eight. It is over. He can play when he's healthy, but it's over because he can't. He cannot stay healthy. Let them go. It's time to move on, get some young talent in, and just build from the ground up. And that is the sound of Artist Woods jumping off the bandwagon, uh, folks. I, I, it is still over. Team. For, they're still, still your team, team but, but not this. But it is. It's over. You admit it. You admit it. And, um, yeah, that's that sucks because you make all these big moves. You bring in, you know, you bring in like half the Timberwolves roster from and last they, season. And been balling. When uh, D'Lo played, D'Lo looked great. Vando. Oh my yeah, gosh. You're welcome. The, I know. Awesome you, you know. Rebounds, yeah. Defense. We know how yeah. he played. I mean, baller, but <laughs> I mean, it, it, it hurts when yeah. your two best players cannot stay on the floor and then you can't build chemistry. Because they're not on the yeah. floor for long enough. It might it's, be. It's, yeah. it's, it is what it is. It might is. be time for the Lakers to try an organic rebuild. You know what I mean? Not try to bring in all these guys to supplement the guys they already have. Just like maybe, maybe stink for a year or two at this nail point. lottery pick or something like that. Because it's just it's time. Because re- LeBron's last thing too. LeBron's gonna leave wherever his kid goes too. So Very like true. the odds that he's gonna be. I mean, I think Bronny's like projecting to be like a top ten pick or something like that, which is very impressive but so like maybe the Lakers could snag him or something like that but like they've they've been talking about that for years he's always wanted to play until Bronny gets the league and you know maybe that's like in or it's like in Orlando or something yeah. like something Minnesota Minnesota oh, that would be I'd take a year of LeBron just for the notoriety I mean it'd be fun to sell some jerseys we could play Space Jam 2 on the Jumbotron at halftime it'd be great it'd be great <laughs> It'd be absolutely great. So, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of the Lakers, though, the Timberwolves will play the Lakers on Friday. Then they got the Kings and the 76ers as well. Those will probably be the three games that they'll play until we talk to you guys next week. Uh, moving on to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, big, 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 big trades happening within the last couple of days. Um, Gustav Nyquist coming over from the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then, uh, I'm sorry, AJ, I'm blanking on the other trade right now because I'm thinking about some other things. What was the other one? Say that again. Sorry. Oh, Marcus uh, Johansson. Marcus, Marcus Johansson. Johansson. I can't believe I forgot Mojo. Excuse me. Anyway. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, we were kind of wondering, you know, just what the capabilities of the wild were going to be coming up here at the trade deadline in a, in a couple days. And you know, obviously the the buyouts have to be in uh, in consideration with all this, but these are some you know you know low risk, high reward kind of moves, if you ask me. Send in some third, and I believe it was a fifth round. Uh, we send a third round pick for Marcus Johansson and a fifth round pick for Gus of Nyquist, and it adds depth at the forward position too. Probably something the Wild need a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Gustav Nyquist currently hurt. He hasn't played a whole lot this year with his shoulder injury, so he's actually on the IR. So they don't have to worry about, like, making that work right now, especially with, like, too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, because if you bring him in, you're going to bump somebody out who already is probably playing decently enough. So he's on the IR right now with Jonas Brodine. Um, he's expected to be back if he comes back either late in the regular season or sometime early in the playoffs. Um, I like him though. This mm-hmm. is a guy that <clears throat> for a fifth round pick, and this is, I want to say it's a fifth round pick that they acquired. And I'll get, I'll get to this in a, in a second, the efficiency of Billy G in his front office, but Gustav Nyquist when healthy is a very quick guy who can, for the, for this team, their identity is playing North South. You know, they, they don't play a lot of that East West moving the puck across the ice from half wall to half wall. You know, they're not going to dazzle you. They want to get up the ice quick and then get a chance with maybe some short passing in the offensive zone once they are in there, but they're not going to do that. You know, that kind of flashy. And I, 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 I say this, but it's, almost tongue in cheek, but golden gopher hockey, you know, they're not throwing it saucering left and right across the ice and really throwing it like a Harlem Globetrotter show. Gustav Nyquist does fit the game plan and game style for the club. And he's good on the power play. Um, he he's, when he does come in, he's going to slot in. I'd imagine on a Matt Boldy line, and that's going to benefit Matthew Boldy. Um, a guy who has had a little bit of a, of a rough season so far. Um, but, I, I'm, I fully expect him to bounce back at some point. Um, on the other side of things, Marcus Johansson, he was here, I want to say two years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, he was he was the guy that uh, I, I guess they didn't let him go in the expansion draft to Seattle, but he did end up there, um, played play with Ryan Donato. Then he <laughs> went uh, out east and he just came back from the uh, from the Capitals and yeah, you know, I it doesn't move the meter for me in either direction. It, it it's a trade where my reaction was look at the look at the notification, shrug, and then put my phone back down because I didn't really, <laughs> you know, it, it sure sweet. Let's run it back, I suppose. Um, he's fine. Uh, he you know he hasn't <laughs> been like a like an amazing player. He's he's a depth guy, yeah. and that's yeah. what he is, and that's kind of what they need, I suppose. But at the same time. Um, it's not like a overpayment or anything like that. It's, it's fine. Um, and when you look at the efficiency from Billy G, the fifth rounder they sent for Nyquist was the fifth rounder they picked up when facilitating a trade the week prior, because they have the extra cap space to help broker some of these deals. So essentially they, it's so like in very broken down terms, they bought him in that trade for about $75,000. Wow, it's that's not that bad when you think mm. about it, because they essentially paid and got that pick and then, you know, whatever. Um, Pretty efficient work. And we still have uh, a couple more days. I want to say it's like three o'clock this Friday, March 3rd. That uh, is the NHL trade deadline. Um, If the wild are going to move some more guys, I'm expecting to either look to the flyers, uh, potentially a James Van Riemsdyk. Personally, I would like maybe a Scott Lawton um, just because of his 3 million cap hit. And he's got four years on his contract before he's a UFA, but uh, possibly moving outwards, you know, it's, it, it's uh, eyes for the longest time have been on a Matthew Dumba. Um, and we'll come mm-hmm. back to him. Cause I know you have some takes on him as well, but uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Greenway, I think his tenure potentially could be coming uh, to an end with the Minnesota Wild just because yep. of his play style. And now they're, like I said, 
too many cooks in the kitchen. Hmm. Who are you going to bounce? I think of the somewhat established guys in the lineup, he's he's the one to go because his play for a guy of his stature and his frame and his weight and his you know his BMI and everything like that. He just doesn't play like it. It's it's he he is the most frustrating player to watch. And I say this only because I think his potential is so much more than what we've seen the past Mm -hmm. however many years. He he's a big bodied guy that it's um, there's there's a reference that I've made all the time and I can't I can't think of it now. But essentially, it's the it's the elephant being scared of a mouse. If that makes any sense. <laughs> sure. Because sure. he will go into the corner against a guy who's a foot shorter than him and about 50 pounds lighter than him, and he will not win the puck battle. It hmm. is infuriating to watch him enter the zone against – and I'm using a guy like Jarrett Spurgeon. I know they're on the same team, but just drop your shoulder and drive to the net. You are going to steamroll him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do it. I've seen him do it. And that's what's so frustrating about his game is because I know he's got it in his bag. It's just at the bottom, covered up by everything else, and he doesn't dust it off enough. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think he could be a guy that does get moved here. Um, and Matthew Dumba, UFA at the end of the year, so unrestricted free agent for everybody who's uh, not as into the hockey lingo talk as much as as much as we are. Uh, that just essentially means he can walk as a normal free agent. As soon as his t- contract is up, he is good to sign wherever for whatever. Um, and he's on a six mil cap hit. Would he take a, a, a team friendly deal to stay here? Possibly. So a lot of, uh, but you know, more than likely not, mm-hmm. he, he's going to want to get paid um, a certain amount that the wild probably are not going to meet. Um, so when you look at what he does for the team on the ice, it's not great. But the thing is, from what we've seen, Bill Guerin is a big advocate of uh, he, he, he brings a lot to the locker room and he, he's a big culture guy. And that's what Matthew Dumba mm-hmm. brings. He's big energy. It's the same reason they traded for Ryan Reeves. You know, he does bring that sort of energy. He wears, he doesn't wear the assistant captain a on his chest for no reason. Right. He clearly stitches this team together in some way, shape or form. Um, and so it's a matter of weighing the options is the return you're going to get on a guy. You're not going to get that much for, greater than what he's going to do chemistry wise in the locker room, knowing now the calmness of, okay, I'm here the remainder of the season. Let's make the most of it. It's, it's a tough thing that Bill Guerin and his front office team have to weigh in the next 48 hours. Yeah. And with Matt Dumba too, and I don't know if what you think of this and I know that he can come off IR in maybe a few days or a few games, but now with Jonas Brodeen's injury uh, coming to light too, um, perhaps for depth reasons, maybe I'm a little bit more hesitant to move on from Matt Dumba. Um, and especially for all the reasons that you laid out too, he wears that assistant uh, or uh, alternate uh, patch for a reason. He's, he, he's a glue guy for this locker room and he's played pretty good too. And so uh, but do we have any updates with Brodeen and a timeline of when he could be coming back anytime soon? It sounds like they could have maybe kept him off and maybe he just sits out a game or two, but um, it it had to do with facilitating the trade and like cap space stuff. So it was either they had to send a guy okay. like Adam Beckman down for a while or send gotcha. somebody on waivers um, or put, you know, Spurdian on IR. So he can't be back until I believe it's the fourth. Okay. So he like he's he, okay. He's able he's eligible to come back off IR this weekend. It's just if you put him on the official injured reserve, there's a preset time that he must remain on there. Okay. 
Okay, so maybe you could come back and maybe that could make options for moving Matt Dumba easier. But yeah, I mean, we look at the Wilds position in the standings. They're technically, even though, I mean, if you look at the Eastern Conference, it is such a top, it is so top heavy over in that conference. The Wild are right up there and they're competing. So at this point, um, unless you were just wowed by the return, I don't really feel too inclined to move on from a guy like Matt Dumba right now, just because the Wild are in a pretty good position in the standings and they should at least as of right now, continue to try to win. And I, I think bringing in these guys um, is an indication that yes, Bill Guerin is investing in this team to win again this season. They put themselves in a good position. Frankly, they, they really did save themselves the last couple of weeks. I'm sure it's been really close games, some overtime winners, some shootouts, but they they've righted the ship a little bit. They got those wins against the blue jackets, which, which, I mean, you got to beat the Blue Jackets. They're technically the worst team in all of hockey. Mm -hmm. um, you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Maple Leafs in a low-scoring game, which I can appreciate you doing that on the road. Um, and then, you know, another gutsy win against the Islanders, um, and that was actually last night. So, I mean, it was really rough there from that stretch right after the All-Star break, uh, starting off with the Coyotes, then losing to the Stars, uh, the Golden Knights, and it kept uh, piling on even after with the Avalanche and the Panthers. Uh, I was a little bit worried about just what the condition of the team would be, but honestly, they've done a pretty dang good job putting themselves in a good position where they can go out and make these deadline moves and stuff like that and bringing guys to help um, make the roster better. Um, yeah. I, I, and in terms of moving Jordan Greenway, yeah, yeah he's, he, he has been like, like you said, like there's, there's so much there that we could see with him and stuff like that. Um, but, but again, I'm still, I'm still, in the camp that's just like, I just want to keep guys that could potentially be a positive influence on this roster. Even if we're maybe not getting that output right now, maybe we could get that later on in the season. Um, I will bring this one last name up just to, for a little bit of reckless speculation. And maybe these moves that we've done now have maybe killed some of that momentum. And I know some other teams have gotten into the mix, uh, but it maybe seems like a Brock Besser homecoming, maybe not as likely as maybe, a week ago, potentially. I know, I think you mentioned me like the Penguins might be one of the more likely destinations for him. And we, I mean, we've seen some huge moves in the NHL this season. I mean, the Rangers going all in, getting Tarasenko and Patrick Kane. It's going to be really weird not seeing him in a Blackhawks jersey anymore. But I don't know. Last thing with the Wild. I mean, do you think that any chance that Brock Besser, a homecoming, could be possible? Or do you think that might be kind of dead now? It could be possible. Um, I think right now, like with how the money works, it would be the same thing as trying to keep Kevin Fiala last year. Mm, like you could yeah. do it in reality, but it would just you would hand, you would tie a hand behind your back for mm. the next couple of years. Um, and I, I, as of yesterday, yeah, Pittsburgh was pretty high in trying to talk to Vancouver about it, but Vancouver's going to have to retain, I think, salary in this no matter what, whether okay. it's Pittsburgh or the Wild or whatever. So um, that being said. Vancouver, they are, uh, they're trying to kind of ship out as much as possible here because they yeah. are, they're in the hunt for Bedard, just like some, you know, handful of other teams. And, you know, if, if they feel the price is adequate, I feel like they'll pull the trigger. It's just a matter of, you know, if people are willing to buy. So, um, one to 10, I'd say it's like a two or a three. I really don't see it happening, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. Right on, right on. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be a, a blockbuster move, but again, circling back a little bit, I just think the wild are in a better position to, you know, do these low risk, high reward kind of moves. Marcus Johansson, Gustav Nyquist and um, 
it's worked for them before. Jacob Middleton, that is the prime example. That is literally probably if you ask casual wild fan or any wild fans out of any trade that Bill Guerin has made, that's probably um, one of the wild wild fans, absolute favorites. So yeah, we'll see what um, happens in the next week. Uh, Kind of a West coast. Well, actually no, not West coast. This is up in Canada. Kind of swing coming up for the wild. They're speaking of Vancouver. They're going to be in Vancouver next. That's going to be on Thursday. And then it looks like they'll play the flames twice. Also, by the time we uh, talk to you guys next here on Taxi Squad. All right, guys, we got to wrap up the show, but uh, we can't just quite yet because the loons are back. MN UFC has officially kicked off their season. Uh, they uh, kicked off down in, uh, I think it's technically Frisco, Texas. I believe mm-hmm. that is where FC Dallas plays. It's technically Frisco, Texas. I believe the Frisco burger was invented there. I don't even really know what the Frisco burger is. I know you can get it at Whatabar- Whataburger, which is a great restaurant anyway. Minnesota United gets a one nil victory down in Dallas. And admittedly, uh, there were a ton of question marks coming up with this team coming into this season. Um, we were wondering if they could carry some or uh, some regular season success over from last year. Um, we were wondering how the defense would be, but I, I think the biggest thing that what people were wondering were about was just, um, the where is Emmanuel Reynoso and what is the situation going on there? And we still don't necessarily have all the answers and hopefully he can be back with the team as soon as possible. But anyway, the point is there were question marks coming into this game and MNUFC and Mender Garcia, Mender Garcia took care of business. It was a great match. Yeah. Yeah. They were able to kind of lean in that identity of we're a defensive strong team. We're going to solidify the back line. Michael Boxel had a great night. Kervin Ariaga had a great night. Mm-hmm. Um, not just defensively. He stepped into those set piece roles that Emmanuel Reynoso vacated with his absence. And he uh, had one that was like 25 ish yards out that just scro- uh, screamed off the crossbar. So um, it's nice to know that they have that kind of repertoire and that depth of, of, of that type of position. Um, but then, yeah, you know, Mender Garcia is there to boot home a Franco Fragapane shot mm-hmm. that just was blistering off <laughs> of a, a pause that was saved. So, I mean, they look good. They they look good for at least week one. It, there's a lot of times that you look at this team in the past and you're like, God, they they are like a 67 Chevy. They got to really <laughs> warm up before they can get going here. So um, but no, they were. You started, you know, you turned the key and the engine was red hot. It was awesome Mm -hmm. to watch. Um, And whether that was Dallas was that rusty week one or Minnesota or what was that good or a mixture of both. I'm not sure. I'm excited for the home opener here. Not this coming weekend, but the following when they post, I want to say it's New York Red Bulls. It's one of the New York teams. Um, Okay. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it'll be it'll be fun. We do have a slight mini update on Reynoso, though. He did text some teammates prior to the game, wishing them good luck and saying that he hopes to be back soon, um, whether or, you know, and, and whether that's a, you know, I'll join you soon this season or just get back to the States. I'm not sure. We don't really have too much info there, but mm-hmm. um, good to know that they have some contact with him, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. And as, as soon as he can come back, the better, because obviously he is a, arguably a top 10 player in all of MLS and he'll yeah. definitely help this team. And, and you know, what? I mean, I was scrolling through like season predictions and power rankings and stuff. And I'm going to be honest, I hardly saw MNUFC in like even the top 20 in all of MLS. So I know like even there's a general consensus that there might be a down year for this team. 
But I mean, you saw the fight going into with, with that game and just all the conditions going into it. And, you know, I mean, it's you're also playing the team that knocked you out in the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. too. Something to be said about that. You the, those guys definitely uh, remember that and probably wanted to make a little bit of a statement down there down there in Frisco. So a great opening match. And yeah, uh, they they take a week off here before the home opener. That'll be a festive time as it always is. And of course, score North and 1500 ESPN is your home for MNUFC all season long. You check us out at uh, 1500 AM 1500 ESPN, uh, 94.5 HD2 as well. So score and the score North mobile app, Jonathan Harrison, Dan Terhar. And if you I'll, want I'll, some, uh, I'll, if you want some more focused in depth, uh, loons <laughs> conversation, you mm-hmm. can check out the loon talk podcast. That is yes. Dan and Jonathan. I've joined them at times, but it's mainly their, uh, their whole show and, uh, they get really in depth. So it's awesome to yes. hear. Absolutely. Uh, last thing before we wrap up quickly on MLS, everything looked good on uh, the MLS season pass. Oh Apple my God, TV. It was great. It, it, looks great. Really good. Good. it looked really yeah. good. It's better than okay. it's better than what they had on Fox. That's for sure. The set, the, the pageantry, there were some bumps and bruises just like throughout the night because it was their first night, but it's, it's, it's very cool. Cause you have, if you have 12 games going on on like a, a night, you're going to have like four of them starting at 6:30, and then four of them at 7:30 and 40. So there's always constant action and they're kind of bouncing around and they have it where you can watch a single game. Or if you want, they have a 360 where it's like they'll cut yeah. in for action here and it's slightly behind me. It's like a red zone, NFL red zone, essentially. So oh, it's cool. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, we have it here at the station and I've checked it out a little bit. There was only one game going on. It was like, I think it was like Portland Real Salt Lake or yeah. something like that. So I, I haven't gotten to get like the full experience of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm just intrigued to check it out because a sports league hasn't invested in a streaming service like this to literally put every single game on this platform. I just think, I mean, one is just, it's revolutionary. I've never seen anything before, but I'm just, I'm very intrigued to see how it works and everything like that. Um, I know it's like, I don't know, like 15 bucks a month or something like that. But, but if you're a diehard MLS fan, um, based off what I've seen, what you just said, I mean, it is, it is the full Monty. It is every, everything um, a soccer fan wants in an MLS experience, at least in a viewing experience. Uh, hopefully uh, Cal Williams can get on some of those MNUFC games too. Hopefully, uh, we can slide him in and get him on the call a couple times too. Cause I know he's doing games for Apple TV as well. So hopefully he'll get to call a MNUFC game or two uh, this season. So uh, yeah, hopefully uh, they'll keep the momentum going. Great start to the MNUFC season. And uh, yeah, it's probably uh, it for taxi squad this week. Uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we get on out of here? I am locked in with the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are in the eighth spot right now in the Western Conference, and it looks as if they are a game and a half back from the um, fifth spot in the West. Can you get that fifth spot or that sixth spot? Can you avoid the play-in tournament? That should be the mission for the Timberwolves. Age? Um, as of March 1st at 9.25 p.m., the Minnesota Wild are a first-round exit playoff team. Ooh. Oh, Wow. I don't really have a final thought that's going to top that or anything like that. So I think I'll just, I'll just wrap up the show and say good night, I suppose. So anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to taxi squad, everybody. It's a score North production. Uh, my name is Jason Stormer. We got AJ Fredrickson, artist woods. You can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Apple. If you are on Apple, please give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. The best way to support the show though, and pretty much all of our score North content is to go to score or download the score North mobile app. You can find any of our podcasts, 
Taxi Squad, Mac and Jub, Purple Daily, pretty much everything we do, we do right there at your fingertips. And we'd appreciate if you check that out. Again, thank you for listening to Taxi Squad. And thank you for, uh, even though we took a couple of weeks off, we're glad that you're still here with us. And we really appreciate it. We will be back next week. We absolutely promise that. And we'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye.